My guest this week is offering a suite of tools to make it easier for businesses and individuals to use the Bitcoin SV blockchain. As co-founder of gate to chain he became convinced of the value of blockchain through noticing some bogus claims made for a non-blockchain IoT project. I wanted to hear the full story from Joe Oles de Paye. You're listening to CoinGeek Conversations with Charles Miller. So Joe, thank you very much for doing CoinGeek Conversations today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Can we go back to the, the beginning of Gate to Chain, your company? How did it all come about? Well, we met, the initial members of Gate to Chain, we met in, a, in an IoT project in, in Mallorca, in the mountains of Mallorca in a UNESCO World Heritage Site, actually, a very special place. We were working on this project. Um, it, was, it was about um, tracking visitor flows. It was about tracking use of, of natural resources. And a couple of us were doing IoT at the time. Nothing to do with blockchain at that stage? It wasn't initially. No, 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 no. We arrived at blockchain basically uh, because we kept coming across this same problem, which was data integrity. What exactly do you mean by that? Well, there was a very specific example, which was when um, at the port of Palma de Mallorca, they set up a a sensor uh, infrastructure to be able to uh, test the air quality. Uh, There's a problem there with... uh, the vast amount of cruise ships that are arriving all the time. It's a small town. It's terribly polluted. So they set up this, this network of, of sensors. And for some reason, all the data that came up said that the air quality was perfect. There were political interests that made that a, a good answer. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that got, us, that got us worried. And was that a story that you were involved with or just something you were reading about? No, no, we, we were involved. We were involved from different angles, actually. Right. Yeah. You knew that the official result was not accurate. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, how, so how did you move forward after that? Then? We kept coming back to this problem. Uh, we just, we lost trust in what we were doing with IoT, to be honest, mm-hmm. because we saw that, you know, if you can't secure the data, there's just no point in spending money on sensors. Yeah, I suppose IoT is, a, is, a, is an area where almost nobody is going to go back to the original little piece of data and check that it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. Exactly, exactly. It's so difficult. There are so many steps in the process to so many things that can go wrong, from not cleaning a filter to actually manipulating the data when you put it on your computer. So you, you and your colleagues were sort of puzzling as to what might be done to avoid this kind of problem. Correct. And? Well, blockchain. Blockchain. That's when we discovered blockchain. Yeah. I mean, a couple of us, I'd, I'd heard about blockchain. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't particularly informed. Our CEO, uh, Bart, he, he, he definitely knew a thing or two about blockchain then. But uh, yeah, that was when we, we, we decided that we really needed to learn more about it. And we started experimenting. We did a really cool little experiment where we got a, a smart water meter. Water's a big issue, as you can imagine, in, in Mallorca, as it is in most places of the world now. Uh, so we got this smart water meter that we connected to the blockchain. So we gave it a wallet. 
And then we started playing around with different variables where, for example, if the quality of the water went down, the price went down. The price of what? Of the water. So we oh, gave see, right. the sensor its wallet so that it could pay for its own water. Oh, wow. So then you could program it so that if the quality of the water went down, as it does sometimes, then therefore you wouldn't be able to drink it. You'd need to use it just for watering. So the price of the water would go down. Whereas if the reserves of water went down, for example, during a drought, the price could go up. So right. you could program all these things into it. So in, in a way, you were trying to reflect the real value of the different kinds of water in a monetary way. That was, that was, that was the experiment, yeah. yeah. And I mean, this was just an experiment. We started, in fact, with, with Ethereum, because this is quite a long time ago now. That obviously didn't work. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Just going back to the principle of the thing, sure, blockchain is a good way of recording data, but what about the idea that the data still is only as, the blockchain is only recording data that is as accurate as is going into it, and it's mm -hmm. the, it's the mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that initial step could still be subject to Obviously manipulation. It Obviously it could. Uh, there's when you, you have to, obviously have a sensor produced by a company who you trust, a sensor that's checked, and a sensor that can sign the information it's providing. That's important. What, because what the sensor itself, uh, you can program a sensor so that inside the sensor, you actually have the ability to sign the information that's being stored on the blockchain. So the sensor is signing the information so that if it's modified later on, then you know that that's not the genuine information that came out of the sensor. Right. So Obviously, that sensor has to work. Yes. But, I mean... So, so that data point is, can only be tracked back to that particular thing at that particular moment. Correct. That's what the signing is. Correct. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so having done your sort of intellectual uh, experiments and things with this, what, what, what happened after that towards making the, making the actual well, company was, that you have now? It was when it was when we did this experiment that we realized that you know it was it was much bigger than just resource management bigger than resource management how's that possible <laughs> well, that's blockchain in the end it's it's yeah uh, it's when you get to work and actually actually realize what's possible with it on a practical level that you realize that you know streaming water isn't that different to streaming video or streaming audio right. you know what i mean it's it's the, the eureka moment, really, is when you realize that essentially blockchain allows us to send, to share, to store information and value on the same protocol, right? So on the old internet, we were just sharing information. And now, thanks to the blockchain, we can also share value and attach value to information and share it on the same protocol. That changes everything. So did you... You did your water experiment. Was that with a view to a potential forming of a company between your, you and your colleagues? We had a couple of us had an IoT company, and we were very focused on IoT. But we we were increasingly worried about these 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 limitations. So yeah, we knew we knew something important could come out of it. We were thinking applied to IoT. But what we realized was that this is going to impact absolutely everything. Mm. That's when we said, hey, you know, we're onto something here. We need to go home, get to work, 
and allow more people to harness this. You know, that's when we realized that this wasn't just about IoT. This was going to transform, you know, the whole of the internet, the whole of the financial sector, arts, everything. Right. Well, yeah, let's jump straight to today because at the other end of this whole process, maybe we'll go back into the, some of that, you've announced a couple of products that are absolutely sweeping in their ambition and, you know, many, many things that they can do. Perhaps you just briefly, for people who haven't caught up, just give me a, a sketch of those, those two products. We basically have two sets of products. On the one hand, there's the products that are designed for empowering builders. So that's mainly the gate to chain development suite, which is a set of tools, which is super user-friendly, and it's for connecting new or existing applications, websites, platforms, systems, robots, whatever you like, to the blockchain in an easy, quick, and cheap way. That's the gate chain development suite. So it's making blockchain development easy. So just basic knowledge of JavaScript and Node.js allows you to program on the blockchain. And you're saying that if I've got a website now, I can sort of plug this in and suddenly I can have blockchain capability for my existing website. Easy. Yeah, so yeah. like if yeah. I've got a blog or something, can I sort of turn it into one where I get paid every time somebody reads or something like that? Easy. Yeah. 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 In, a, in a day or two, literally. It's, right. It's that simple. It really okay. is. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, well, okay, let's, let's go on to the other one then. The other set is more focused at content creators. So it needs to be even simpler. This is no code. I mean, this is a platform, yeah. Minter, which is a platform which is, we call it a social marketplace. So it's somewhere between a social network, different kind of social network. I have my reservations about conventional social networks, mm. and we can go into that, and uh, an NFT Minter marketplace. So it's a one-stop shop. It's a wallet, a bank account, because it's integrated also with, with a conventional bank. So you can actually have your euros, your dollars, your dirhams. It's an NFT minter. It's a marketplace. has a messaging app in it. So it's a bit of super everything. App. Bit of everything. But, but okay. But just to get specific, supposing I am a photographer or something, how could I use this? Photographer is a good example, actually. One of my best friends is a photographer, and I was I was telling her the other day how how inefficient is it when you you're a photographer and you work for she works for big fashion brands, for example. Uh, you'll take you know, a load of photos and you'll go home, you'll edit them, you'll send them probably via WeTransfer or something like that. Then they'll send the money back via whatever payment system, conventional payment system. How terribly inefficient and insecure is that? Yeah, really. For a start, you're probably signing all the rights of your photos over to WeTransfer or <laughs> whoever's the, 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 the provider there. Then the, the trust that's implied there, you know, that mm. you can only work with people who you really trust will actually send you the money or they will only work with people who trust that will actually send them the files. So here you could just open an account. You have your profile. You have it linked, as I say, to your bank account. So you essentially upload your photos in the form of an NFT, either one or various NFTs, which you can make public or private. So you can send them directly to a person. You could transfer them directly for free, or you could put a price on those photos and sell them, either to the world or to a specific party who you're connected with. It's about connecting with the people you want. Right. To. It's about actually making your own network. So this is non-custodial wallets. It's a network of 
content creators connecting with their followers, with their non-custodial wallets. So if I upload my photograph and I publicize it somehow and somebody wants to buy, agrees to license it or use it for payment, mm -hmm. what would that customer need to do in order to be able to do that? How much signing up would they need to do in order? Oh, very little, very little, very little. Would they need we, a credit card or would they need to open a, a wallet or what? Yeah, you um, signing up to Minter, uh, as you sign up, uh, non-custodial wallet is open for you. So you have your, your 12 word uh, private key. And if you want to validate your account to be able to actually issue NFTs or do payments above a certain threshold, depending on, on your country, you'll need to validate your account and do a KYC process or a KYB. If you're and a that would be for either the creator or the customer of the creator? Correct. Customers only above a, a certain threshold. Right. Uh, minters, as we call them, creators mm. of NFTs, mm. just to be able to mint, they have to do that process. We were very concerned about, you know, how on most of the big platforms you get loads of, uh, you know, fake profiles where you have supposedly famous artists, but really, right, yeah. you know, who knows who's behind the profiles. So, yeah, all our minters have a, a KYC process. So then you know who you're dealing with. Right. Um, well, one thing I'm wondering is, you, you, talk, you say you, up, you upload your photograph as an NFT. I mean, do we need to use the phrase NFT in this? I mean, because one thing to keep it very simple would be you upload your photo, somebody can buy it. What does the concept of an NFT really add to that? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. I mean, right now, this um, scene as an NFT marketplace is a, a very interesting way of seeing it because everyone or lots of people are interested in NFTs, but they're also slightly daunted by them, or maybe they don't understand the full potential of NFTs. So presenting it as NFTs, in a way, you're teaching the world that NFTs actually uh, have a lot more to them than, than but, we thought. But what would be the, I mean, to upload it as an NFT, you're, you're suggesting that it might have qualities like there would be a, a limited number available or something like that, I think, or that if I was just buying the photograph, um, I would have a more of an ownership over it than if I was just paying for a download or something. But what exactly are those dimensions and, and are they useful? That's, that's, that's down to the user to decide how many copies you want to do. But I mean, essentially, in the real world, if you sell a photo, you're selling a copy of a photo. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's unique in that it's tangible, it's physical, and you're selling an actual photo. So why not mirror that in the digital world? I mean, I think one of the big problems with today's internet, as in the old internet, is that um, there's no traceability of copies, right? Mm -hmm. Internet is like this giant photocopying machine that just copies things infinitely. And you kind of lose, you lose traceability and you lose the value of things in that infinite process of copying. Whereas if you see digital contents online as unique copies, mm. however many there are, there can be a thousand of those unique copies. Yes. But then you have that traceability element. I think that the concept of an, an, an NFT is very interesting in that it 
it moves internet to another level, which mirrors the real world、hmm. in a very interesting way. But supposing I'm a photographer, and I put use your system to to upload my photograph, and I want to sell it to a newspaper, and then the newspaper puts it on its website for anyone to access. What what happens to the NFT aspect of that? Because the newspapers bought an NFT, and then just anyone can make can see it. Yeah, but then if a newspaper is doing that, it's probably because in the terms and conditions of the NFT that you've sold them, you're allowing them to do that. So there's nothing wrong with it. That doesn't mean that that original NFT with its original contract has any less value. Because if I decide that I've taken this. Important photo,、right. which I want the press to be able to release, and I code into the terms of my NFT that this is a photo that is going to cost X amount of money, and that a newspaper is going to be able to print as many times、right. as they want. That's an essential part of that NFT. It's really the equivalent of the agreement that you'd sign、exactly. when you sold the license to the photo. That's、But、all it is. Just puts yeah. it yeah. in yeah. relation to the close、yeah. relation to the photo. I like to use the the physical example of imagine this is a physical photo. In a physical envelope with a physical contract that says how you are allowed to use this physical photo,、mm. and a physical photocopy of my passport, maybe, and the other party's passport if necessary, and it's in this envelope. Right. That's essentially what it is. Right. <laughs> well, we've come a long way from the IoT. We have the, the world of IoT where you started with this, and now it seems like you're you're opening up because you're not just talking about. Photographs, of course. I just picked that as a random example, but you are offering a developer suite to basically do things which all sorts of new startups that work on BSV. They are dedicated to one of the many different things that you are offering in both of your products. I mean, is it really going to be possible for you to kind of cover the waterfront like that with all these different capabilities? Well, there's a lot of work to be done, isn't there? I mean, we have a whole internet to fix. Yes,、yeah, it's. But you, you've managed to make easy versions of all these capabilities that people can plug into straight away. Is that right? We have. Yes, that's 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 our vision. It's about it's about making blockchain easy. In the end, for a long time, blockchain's been seen as this sort of you know, cryptic sort of、uh, you know. Complicated, inaccessible, dark realm, which is a mixture of scary and 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 daunting, and so we saw that this needs to be in the hands of people to improve IoT,、mm. to improve the internet, to because I'm interviewing people who are using Bitcoin SV in healthcare, or people who are wanting to revolutionise the music industry. Or、um, to do with finance and stuff, but it seems like you want to do all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that we want to do all of them. We want to help other people right, do、so、all of them.、Really、That's what it's about. It's about enabling. Yeah, it's about enabling. But, but will you, if people use your tools, then if if somebody uses them to create a successful music business or something, you're going to take a little slice of everything they do through your. Software is that how it works? What what we do is we offer the gate to chain development suite on a software as a service model. Right. So we have different types of accounts、uh, for different different use cases, and it depends. It depends. I mean, there are people who need much more support, and 
yeah, maybe that. Do you see the future of the business being lots of small creators and developers, or a few really big corporations? I think it'll be a mixture.、Mm. I think it'll be a mixture.、Um, there is definitely more chances for smaller companies and even solo developers to to have. A space of their own to be able to do their thing, than in the world of the old internet with you know the the monopoly of those big well, platforms. The world of the the very old internet during the sort of dot com boom was exactly what you're describing. You know, everybody had their own new website and lots、Correct. of people had their own new dot com startup and everything. So we may be at that phase、mm. where、mm. a million you know let a thousand flowers bloom, and then it gets narrowed down to. No, but there's there's a big difference. There's a big difference in that、um, the the old old internet, as you say,、um, was hijacked by these big platforms that have ended up absorbing well, all the information. What they would say is they were very successful. They were successful. They were successful, but our, at our cost also, because I mean it's. Pretty obvious that the internet, as we know it, of the big platforms, the surveillance internet fueled by advertising, has turned against us. I mean, it's enough to see how society is evolving. I mean,、uh, you know, the downward spiral in the quality of the information that's being shared, the loss of trust、uh, generally in society. Elections have been hijacked.、Uh, you know, anxiety and depression are going up.、Uh, There is a, a, a major problem with the internet as we know it, and that has a lot to do with that toxic business model of of advertising, which is what blockchain turns around completely. As in,、right. for example, a messaging app on blockchain compared to a, a messaging app on 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 a traditional platform, where you could pay a fraction of a cent for each message you're sending.、Hmm. Instead of being manipulated in the shadows. Well, I'm skeptical about this argument, actually, because well, you say messaging app, WhatsApp, of course,、uh, is free and doesn't have advertising. I mean, they use your data; it's true for Facebook advertising, but、um, I think the average person would not say, "Oh, thank goodness, we don't need to use free WhatsApp anymore. Now we can pay a little bit." And have the same sort of service. That's quite a hard sell, I would have thought. I know what you mean, but at the same time, it would be nice to know what's happening with our data. It、but、would. Most be... people probably don't care. Maybe not, but we all care when our elections are hacked. That's true. We all care when we see the statistics of suicides going up in youth, and all that's to do with that advertising model of the old internet. It's quite a complicated argument. It to, is to go from from that to that. I think, isn't it? It is for sure. And I mean, I'm not saying that there has to be a complete paradigm shift, but I am saying that there need to be more options, and we need to know more about what's actually happening、mm. behind the scenes. Because I know you're quite interested in sustainability and the whole ethical side of of this. What about the the big objection? One of the big objections to、uh, Bitcoin, which is about its energy usage. I mean, is that something that concerns you at all? That of course has been has been a big concern for me, and the key is what are you actually doing with the information? What is actually being produced? So the big problem is with blockchains that are very 
energy intensive and are not actually replacing anything from the previous model. That's the big difference with BSV. So BSV mining is productive and is replacing storage on data farms of the traditional internet. Yeah. Also the payment cost of, of traditional payment systems. So you're replacing something. That makes all the difference. The problem is when you have these blockchains, they're incredibly labor intensive, incredibly resource intensive, but they're not actually replacing anything. They're not actually allowing you to switch data farms off because they're not storing information. They're just doing something new, which by the way, isn't even usually very useful. Yeah. That's the problem. Right. So you're launching your products now, your two kinds of products, as you've described. How are you going to get the message through to potential customers? And who are the potential customers, would you say? Well, it's quite surprising, actually, how um, lots of people are asking me sort of, um, you know, how, 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 to, how to find customers, how to connect, how to overcome the frictions for, for, for onboarding, for adoption. We're finding that, that, that the world is, 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 is eager to, to, to get using these tools. So many people now have heard about NFTs, about blockchain, and they're, they're, they're eager to try it out in a user-friendly way. So we're finding it pretty easy, to be honest. I, I mean, maybe maybe that you've just hit the sweet spot in terms of timing. Probably, probably, yeah. And it's, it's all about also offering things in, 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 in a format that people are familiar with. And I think... Blockchain, one thing that, 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 that I think um, one, of, one of the problems is that it's like we've all wanted to understand blockchain in depth. And it's like if you don't understand all the ins and outs of blockchain, you can't use it or you don't understand it. You don't, you don't know about blockchain unless you understand it in depth. How many people really understand how their mobile phone works? How many people really understand mm. how a Google search works? Mm. Very few. Mm. But we can all tell our granny about what a mobile phone is and how it works. It's a thing that takes photos and sends emails and, and calls people. And that's enough. That's what we need for blockchain. I mean, those specific I think, easy use I think cases. you're right in, in, in many ways. But I think the difference is that um, with Bitcoin or any other type of digital currency, your money is at stake. And if there's some complication or confusion about how much it's going to be worth or how much am I spending or how safe is it going to be, that's where people's kind of anxiety about not really being able to get to the bottom of it yeah. intellectually, yeah. that's where it comes from. And that's why it's different from, I don't mind that I don't understand how my car works or something, I think. How about our digital bank accounts that we all use all the time? Do we really understand how they work? Well, we the, trust but, them. Yeah, but you see, but, this is the funny thing. We trust our bank. Yeah. And this is exactly what we're being promised we don't need to worry about having to trust uh, in, in relation to Bitcoin. You know, the great thing is there'll be nobody you need to trust. Well, I think that's a bit of a myth. In the end, we're all using services. You're not going to connect with, the, with, with, with Bitcoin directly. Uh, without a, a, a service provider, without an app, without a platform that allows you to connect. What I think we need to do is build platforms, build companies, build apps that are just as reliable hmm. as today's banks and, and or today's... Uh, if I'm one of your customers, you would like me to be able to think of you as I'll be able to 
I'll be able to ask what's gone wrong if something's gone wrong, rather than you saying to me, "Well, I'm sorry, it's just the blockchain. You know, there's nothing we can do. It's just that's the way it is." Of course, of course. Of so, course. so we're going to be replacing these existing entities with other sort of social entities that that will require people. They'll need to take responsibility, and people will need to learn to trust them. In the same way that we do with existing companies, of course. I mean, there are differences in that on the blockchain,、um, you control your data and you control your assets. In that you have your private keys, so you could always access that through another route. Yes. But in the end, you're interacting with the blockchain through an app, either this app or another app. But you're always going to be interacting with it through an app. So there's always an element of trust. Yeah, there is always. It's interesting, isn't it? Because the whole question of trust is: Do we want to have to trust somebody, or would we rather be in a situation where it's so scientific and technological that that is cut out of the equation? And there are arguments on both sides of that, I think. And and so, from a marketing point of view, there are options for which bit of that you would like to emphasise. I think definitely, definitely, definitely. But I mean. Life is trust. Society is trust.、Mm. We trust science, but I mean, science、yes. is also a matter of trust. Well, absolutely. If I get on an aeroplane, I don't require, you know, to see the、uh, the qualifications of the pilot or whatever.、Correct. I, you know, correct, correct. So I guess it's just no different from anything else in that respect. That's how I see it. Exactly. Yeah. So, looking ahead, then.、Um, How do you see the business developing over the next sort of year? I think we're at an inflection point. I think that things are really going to pick up fast now, and there's lots of interest from large companies, from the general public, and in a way, all this hype that we've seen in the last few years from the cryptocurrency world, which hasn't quite delivered what people were hoping, I think. That has its bad side, but it also has its good side because then, if we can prove that there is a good, sensible, responsible, useful side to blockchain, I think we're onto a winner. How big is the company at the moment, and you, will you be expanding? Do you think in the next year or two? We we are expanding as as we speak.、Uh, we're twenty six people now、uh, between Zug, where we have our head offices. Mallorca and Ibiza, where we have、uh, R and D and marketing. And are most of the staff developers? They are now. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds an amazing project, Joe. Thank you so much for Thank you, telling、Ray. me all about it, and really, really good luck with it. Thank、all. you, Charles. Thank you. Thanks very much to Joe Oles de Pie. Next week, I'll be talking to Dr. Catherine Lafoto about how BSV can be used for healthcare and education in Africa. Until then, thanks very much for listening, and from me, Charles Miller, goodbye.